Hour number two of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Tuesdays means almost always that we get to say hello to Vince Ferrara as he sits in for this hour. Vince, how are you? I am good, gentlemen. Hope you are. Yes, sir. And, of course, folks can find Vince's views at sportsradiownml.com. That's also where they can find a link or just go to, uh, I guess, um, Apple. Um, iTunes. Apple, iTunes, yeah. that's right iTunes for uh, Vincenzo's views. <laughs> That's right. Those are some of the interviews that I, I do. Uh, those go to that uh, that feed. So you can get everything that uh, that I do here and there and everywhere. It's hard to track down all the different directions that I'm going. So that just puts everything in one spot. And uh, you can subscribe to that and subscribe to all of our podcasts because there's a station one, uh, a WNML all audio channel where you can get all of our podcasts together as one. Uh, because there's lots of great content throughout the entire day and evening now with Tennessee Sports Night, uh, or you can go individually, show by show, whatever your preference is. And, of course, uh, everything is also available on players at, at uh, on the show pages and in the audio podcast uh, menu tab at uh, sportsradiownml.com. So Tennessee makes it past the Alabama game in reasonably good shape. There is obviously the huge question at quarterback, uh, but – what did you think about the performance for Tennessee as they, at one point, were trying to make it a one-score game in the fourth quarter? Um, I like the fact that while Jeremy Pruitt will talk about things that he liked about his team's performance, he says, bottom line is to win. We didn't do that. So it's not as though he is celebrating moral victories. He's just appreciating what he sees as steps in the right direction for his team's physical play and just the ability to battle. I'm right with you, John, because during the Pruitt press conference, that's one of the things that I jotted down is what he said about, hey, we can learn from these things, the mistakes we made, we put ourselves in a position, uh, we had some opportunities, we didn't execute in them, uh, and we need to learn from them and not do it again. And yes, it's the, it's the sign and the message that we can benefit from this, but this is not what we're about here at the University of Tennessee. And I, I think you want to send that message of, Hey, this is where we're at now, but this is not going to last, and we have a higher standard than, than that. And, and I think Pruitt's kind of alluded to when I think the Georgia game was the last time he was like, "Look, it's it's about results. It's the bottom line is you got to win." And I do like that message because it adds more accountability to his shoulders and his staff's shoulders, while still pointing out the the things that they are improving on to try to win those games. So. I think he handled that part of it and delivering that that dual message very well. What do you think? Uh, how do you think the team stacks up in the matchup this Saturday against South Carolina, a team that they are they've been so close? You look at the last seven meetings, and you've got six games that have been less than a score, and let's see, five of those six have been a field goal or less. Mm-hmm. So you had a six point win in that stretch. The teams have traded three game win streaks. And if you just go by the last nine years, it's time for Tennessee to start its next three-game win streak. So maybe that is a good sign because it was three straight for Carolina, three straight for Tennessee. The last three have gone for the Gamecocks. So now, as history tells us, Tennessee's going to win the first of three straight this week, right? (laughs) They should. If Brian (laughs) Maurer was the quarterback, I'd feel better about it. And I know that's not what fans want to hear because I think there's a good chance that they're not going to see Brian Maurer. We'll see. But I think that changes things. And we've seen enough improvement on this football team now over a multi-week period 
that you you can feel better or maybe have an expectation that the two lines of scrimmage are going to to play a certain way or better then to me the key to all of it is the quarterback position and when Brian Maurer is in there and healthy I, I think it's where this team elevates without him with the with either uh you know Jerry Garantano that has made plenty of mistakes and who knows where his confidence level is after what happened in that Alabama game uh, or JT Shroud who is an unknown commodity and uh, you know is it clearly was not as ad, as advanced or ready as Brian Maurer according to the coaches because Maurer was the one that they got the opportunity when both of them are real relative un, unknowns um, so I, I think uh, I think it's dicey with either of those two more likely situations at the quarterback position. And South Carolina is good enough to where that's a difference maker for me. Let's go to the phones and check in with Russell. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Russell. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Who uh, most of the talk has been about officiating, and that's what I'm going to talk about too. I've got a question. Well, first, officiating played a big role in the South Carolina game this past weekend and the Michigan game and also the Tennessee game. And I may be wrong, but I think 14 of Florida's points came off of uh, some pretty bad calls. And uh, all three of those teams could have very well won this past Saturday. My, My question is, is there a committee that grades officials each week and um do are they i guess are they graded and is there a penalty against officials if they just blatantly make bad calls uh if if they're they're reviewed they are graded Uh, for instance as gerald hodges joins us on monday nights from six to seven or six fifteen to seven uh each member of each crew jimmy all of their plays they're graded individually uh, so they are graded as a crew, but each individual has his own grade, and that is something that at times will lead to uh, officials not being retained at the end of the year. In some scenarios, you have seen crews that have been suspended, although discipline like that is hardly ever announced at the time. And so, they're yes, they are graded by their respective conferences, and a poor performance can lead to either a suspension or you not being retained at the end of the season. Just because the accountability is not public doesn't mean there's no accountability. Correct. If uh, if, if our teams, our, our universities made aware of what officials are officiating their games, and if there's any uh, been some blatant calls against these teams in the past, can they refuse? Officials? That's probably a silly question, but uh, no, it's not. Does that because come into play or? I can give you one example of a situation that occurred where I know that an official in the SEC got blackballed, and I can only give you one, and I'm not sure if that's allowed now. But back in 2000, Florida had a touchdown pass to Jabbar Gaffney, the catch no catch. The official that made that call was Alma Matthews. He was a former Vanderbilt player, and he, he missed the. He's a good official, but he missed that call. And he did not call any more Tennessee games. Now, whether or not you can still oh. do that, I don't know. Um, uh, I kind of doubt it. They, but they do have rules about you 
you cannot have attended the school. You can't have kids that go to that school. You can't have a relationship with a coach or coaches on the staff. They do have parameters to keep you from officiating a game, which would give you the uh, potential for a conflict of interest. Well, let's hope that this weekend, uh, with what Pruitt and Muschamp both went through this past Saturday, that it's a well-official game. They both deserve it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Russell, thank you. Thanks, guys. Let's go next to Alan. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Alan. Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I want to clarify that last caller. Let's hope that Muschamp is mad as hell at the officials after (laughs) Saturday. (laughs) Well, if he calls him gutless, you'll know Tennessee won. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't deserve anything. But anyway, um, I, uh, I'm going to go backwards and then forwards. You know, the, the, the decision to play Mauer, I would not have played him. I'm assuming he was healthy. I just would not have played him because of the old, I thought we were going to get beat. I want to save him for the stretch run. That being said, if I were the coach, all your callers would call in and say, Allen coaches not to lose. Um, and I'm glad, I mean, I'm not glad Mauer got hurt, but I think Pruitt was sending a message, and I think it got sent, that, that we're here to win each game, uh, we're not conceding any games, and we're going to take our best shot at each game to win. And um, in the short term, given what happened to Mauer, that could burn him, but I think in the long term, that the fans and the players will really appreciate that attitude. Uh, first, your thoughts on that. We had this discussion on Friday, Vince, about I, I wouldn't have played him. Not so much that the percentages weren't good to beat Alabama. I was just thinking more about the kid. Yep. I didn't care if it was Alabama or South Carolina or Vanderbilt or anybody else. I, I would have held him out of that just because once you have one concussion, you're more susceptible for a second one. Now he's had two. I can't imagine him playing this week, but is it possible that he could get cleared? Vince, it is. But I just, I, I wouldn't play him. I, I'm with you. And then there's the optics of it, too. You know, the, the we don't know what his history is prior to, if he's had any concussions in high school prior to. So that that could be a factor also. And certainly the medical crew, medical staff will know that and factor that in also. But in those situations with head injuries, clearance or not, I would tend to take the over-the-top safe approach on that. And and then, you know, you suck it up for one game and then make that the lack of medical clearance by just saying, no, we're not going to play him. That way you're not making a decision for football reasons, which, you know, to, to Alan's point, you want to save it for save them. You, you, the message is delivered now that we're not going to concede anything. But if you sit him, if he's cleared and you sit him, then that could send the complete opposite uh, message. Like, all right, so we're just giving this up in in the short term. So yeah, it, it uh, you know it, it could have worked out for them short term to keep him on the sidelines. But I didn't expect him to get to be sat by Pruitt. I, I just don't think I don't know that Pruitt was even thinking, you know, messages or anything like that. I just think he's the kind of coach that wants to to play his best guys and compete, regardless of the game situation where we'll think about five, the next five games after afterwards. I think if he's healthy, 
and I'm he's available to me by the medical staff to play, I'm going to play him. I just think that's the way he is. I agree. Well, one other, I got another comment if you got time, but one que- other question. Is it possible, I mean, given that, that they, they're they not required to share exact health information, is it possible that he had a like a neck injury, not like a spine, you know, a bone, but a, a muscle or a you know, sprained or strained neck, and we're all just calling it concussion protocol, and, and that that might medically be slightly different? Alan, I can tell you this. I had a, a source very close to the program that told me that it was more of a stinger, but the head coach said it was a concussion, and the head coach said it was in concussion protocol. Yep. So it's it's not well, us. I, I, it's, I've, it's, I've heard con- – yeah. No, no, I know it's not you guys. I, I've heard concussion protocol. I don't know exactly if that just means that's generic for something happened to his head and we're looking at him. But anyway, I don't know. Um my last comment, I made the comment on the morning show. Um, you know, whoever they decide to put out there at quarterback, we need to back 100%. And, and if you want to go to Neyland Stadium and boo Garantano, um, then you're a moron. And if you're going to be a moron, just sell your ticket or give it away to somebody who's not a moron. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I'd rather sit next to a drunk South Carolina fan uh, than a Tennessee fan booing our players. So I, that'll, that's my, my gauntlet or my statement for, for for the fans for Saturday. Your platform. All right. Sorry. Alan, we yeah, always okay. appreciate it. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you. All well, right. We've got more with Vince Ferrar to join us. 656-9900-656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. That's how you join Sports Talk on 99.1, the sports animal. Download the TuneIn app so you can take 99.1, the sports animal, with you wherever you go. Sports Talk rolls on. Our guest, Vince Ferrar, to join us, 656-9900, 656-9900. What did you think? You, first of all, you were 6-7 on your SEC picks last week, mm-hmm. um, and that was the first weekend in which we saw all 14 teams in action and each team playing in a conference game and saw some very interesting results, one being Missouri stubbing its toe in Nashville. I, I have that on DVR, and it's on the uh, on the docket to – Go back and watch after the South Carolina-Florida uh, game in its entirety. But I was stunned by that result. Did not see that coming. Look, I know that Missouri is a much different football team away from uh, Columbia, Missouri, than they are at home. But goodness, Vanderbilt had done nothing uh, to show you it, any sort of hint that something like that could happen. Uh, it was stunning. And... I think it does it it puts that Tennessee at Missouri game a little bit more into play for Tennessee for me. In addition to the uh, is how well Tennessee played at Alabama, how competitive they were. With those two results, I look at that game a little bit different. Now, I'm not I'm not going to pick Tennessee not right now. Let's see who the quarterback is. Let's see where those two teams are. You know, Missouri did bounce back pretty well after they had their 
inexplicable loss to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So let's see if this kind of shakes the cage a little bit for them and they uh, go crazy and, and figure it out for a while. But I, th- I was stunned by it. You, you think it was the elevation in Nashville, Jimmy, that got Missouri in the second half, just like that trip to Wyoming? <laughs> it is the mile-high city in there, Nashville, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I <laughs> Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. Derek Dooley's comment basically was it, it's a pretty good lesson about in college football you can be embarrassed on any given Saturday, and Missouri was. Vince, I'm like you. I never saw that coming. Everybody's been running over Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss had 300-something yards. Uh, uh, UNLV ran all over them. Everybody's been running. And I figured Missouri would come in and do the same. And I think Roundtree, their leading rusher, had 10 carries for 29 yards, something like that. How'd that happen? That's – that to me, when things like that happen, I put that back on the coaches not having their teams prepared to play, and you set that tone during the week of practice. If you if you come across with your whether it's in the film room, whether it's on the practice field, is you come across lax, like we got this. We you don't need to have the edge to you that you normally do. I think you send that subconscious message that. We don't need to be our best to win this game, and that's how you get stuff like that. For the record, Nashville is uh, a little, almost a tenth of a mile above sea level. That's too high for Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Elevation five hundred ninety-seven feet. Oh, yeah, there you go. You want to get there two days before the game <laughs> to adjust, get acclimated. You think Rommel could see the field from there with his? <laughs> with his Where's Rommel? Binoculars. <laughs> There's some bamboo they couldn't get through. Let's get a call from Johnny. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Johnny. Howdy. Greetings from Johnson City. Yes, sir. I was uh, calling to ask uh, a question. Uh-huh. South Carolina has played two very physically challenging and very emotionally wrenching football games back-to-back, and can they get up for a third game? You've got a rule about that, Jimmy. Uh, I don't rule, know if it applies. Yeah, but that's, you're, that's what made me think of it. The no, Jimmy the rule is that you, <laughs> you win those games. Yeah. if You you had to win those two emotional games before the, the game three rule applies. So, yes, it, it was taxing, uh, and, and they played good opponents, but they didn't win both of them. Uh, uh, so that's – I think if they'd have beat Florida, I would, I'd be all over that with you. But they didn't, and so it doesn't apply to that. But – but it is correct. They had to get up and play two emotional games in a row against two quality football teams that were ranked in the top ten when they played them. How is their quarterback? How's how's Olympic's health? I think he's okay. Uh, he he played uh, against Florida, and I think he went the distance. Mm-hmm. He's he completing did. a little over sixty percent of his passes. He's got almost twelve hundred yards. He has uh, got a ratio of seven touchdowns to three interceptions. I think he's a good young quarterback. I think he's a nice player, and I think he's got an. I like Brian Edwards a lot. I think he's an outstanding receiver, not just a good one. I think I think he's better than that. I think Kalinsky fumbled a couple times on snaps. I know there was one very late that was very costly to South Carolina when they were trying to rally when they went down a couple of scores, and that helped Florida seal it. But I agree. I think Kalinsky has been good. I think with. Except for those fumbles, I think overall, Holinsky hasn't put the offense in harm's way as frequently as Jake Bentley did, who was such a gunslinger. 
he would try to do too much. Now, the difference is, is Bentley, they finally have an improved running game this year. So Bentley hadn't really been able to play this year with that improved running game. There was just the North Carolina game that he played that he got hurt. They've been running the football a lot better. Tavian Feaster, the Clemson transfer, has been fantastic. He's our leading rusher. And what's the status of Rico Dottle? Most of said he's not playing. He's not playing. So I think that does hurt their run game. Yeah, yeah. it does. And then that forces them to to go to Mo Denson, who had a, a touchdown in the Florida game, but he's typically more of a short yardage back. But if you look at all those backs, Dout, Feaster averages six yards a carry, Dowdle 5.9. Denson seven yards a carry. I mean, overall, they averaged five point six yards per carry. So there, that has that was the biggest question mark about South Carolina going into the year. Uh, so I, I think I think that has helped Talinsky, and I, I think the offense has has been better because they have that balance. And Dowdle might have had a career game last year. He had one hundred forty yards against Tennessee last season. I think it's the last two years, Jimmy. I think that was wasn't it his breakout game two years ago? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I still think that South Carolina going through those two just wrenching games, I think that even though they didn't win both, I still think that that could be a factor in coming into Knoxville. Yeah, I would say that uh, Tennessee, of course, played Mississippi State and Alabama back-to-back. Uh, I would think but, that... But I, but I think that we're, we're there's a sense that we're on the ascendancy. Uh after those two games, even though we lost against Alabama. And I just think that we're feeling an ascendancy versus them. They just got wrenched. And, you know, the, behind the, you know maybe in the back. No, they didn't get well, wrenched. That, that was a pretty well, close game. I know, but they were wrenching games. I oh, mean, they wrenching. were, you know, okay. and, right. yeah, in the back of their minds, they're probably thinking we should have won the Florida game. We did win the Florida game. And that, you know, but how much, how much emotion can you, get up after those two big games and George is a huge rival in Florida, you know, that they, they saw the possibilities and I just think that the the Jimmy Himes rule of can't get up for three games in a row is gonna come into play here. Win or lose. So thanks for taking my call and I'll talk to y'all later. That's the altered that's, Jimmy Himes rule. Yeah, that's the altered. My rule yeah. is you won those two. Um, <laughs> that that's the hey, this works for for the argument <laughs> uh, 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 validation. The other or, part of that, and the, the old slippery rock, slippery slope theory. Uh, South Carolina played those two teams a whole lot better than Tennessee did. Yeah, beat Georgia and, and played Florida much better game than Tennessee did. Yeah, which and, would make you think, well, that's a better team if they. But that again, that's a comparing scores, and it doesn't always work that way. And it's not like Tennessee cruised past Mississippi State. You know, that was still that until the fourth quarter, they were still holding that off. And the ascension is different than I think the wrenching result. I think it's a little bit different. Plus, there's a lack of depth, which uh, you know hurts Tennessee's side also. That's Vince Ferrara with Jimmy Himes of John Wilkerson. Sports Talk continues. Six five six ninety nine hundred. Six five six ninety nine hundred is how you join us, Vince Ferrara, with us on Sports Talk. It's Roger who's up next. Hello, Roger. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, well, hey, John, Jimmy, hey, Vince. Uh, I, 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 how, how y'all doing? 
Doing well. Doing How fine, are you? Thanks. Good to hear from Roger. Doing, Doing good. Fine. You talk to you, Vince. I, it's, it's, I, I, I always enjoy who you talking on on here, Vince. I, I always enjoy who you talking. So I just want to tell you, just get talk to you, to you, Vince, and uh, and uh, just some good stuff. And and I just want to ask you first, Vince, uh, about about situation with about Tano, uh, Vince. I, I, I just want to ask you about it. I'm about you about it. You too, John. Jim, but I just want but first, I just want to ask you. I'm just curious about you, Vince. About, about I know Tano made a mistake at, at the end of the, the game again. Well, not at the end, but that, that play that happened, the fourth down play that put y'all got upset with me. I just want to ask you, Vince, about it. Uh, what's what happened with that? If you put, would you, would you give him him a chance to to prove? Uh, kind of, I know fans won't uh, won't don't don't the not be fan of him now. But I just want to ask you if you after what happened, would you still give him a chance? I know people got upset with him, but. Friends, would you give him a chance, a chance to prove him to prove everybody wrong? To give him a chance to get that some people that give him a chance, no chance, Vince, and no chance, more chance. You know what I'm saying? Well, I do, I do, Roger, and and for, and thank you for the compliment. By the way, always nice to hear from uh, sure. you as well, Roger. On the play, sure. first of all, on the play, Roger. I think okay. it was clearly Jerry Garantano doing his own thing and wanting to. You know, I called it hero ball. And being the one to get in the end zone and cap off that drive, and uh, I it, it, to to not over the top crush the kid. There are a lot of competitors in sports that are guilty of hero ball. He's not the only one. And it look that you watch basketball games, and there's guys that end up taking the ill advised shot themselves because they want to be the one to hit the game winning three or a big bucket. And and they they're so focused on being the one to make the play that it's right. not the smartest play, and that wasn't it wasn't the smartest play before they they were getting to the line of scrimmage, and it wasn't the smartest play pre snap when Alabama had three players in the two a gaps the the that those areas between the center and the guard. Uh, they had two to his left and one a gap, and they had one in the other. So if you're thinking, all right, I'm going to sneak this in, if you even bother to look up, that should tell you, oh crap, I can't do this. I have to run the play that the coaches gave me, that the experienced, accomplished offensive coordinator gave me. I better run that play because I have nowhere to run because there's three red jerseys right there on top of me uh, preventing me to run where I need to run for the sneak, much less to try to go over the top. So all of it was just, it was a it was a brutal moment for, for him, but yeah. and clearly their design it was going to be a it was supposed to be a power run to the left and I think it would have been successful. So um I I, I think yeah. I think in terms of whether you give them another chance, I think the answer is yes, and that's because we don't know what the abilities of JT Shroud are. What what's what's the level of trust that the coaches have in JT Shroud? He didn't beat out Brian wow. Maurer. Brian Maurer got his first, got the first opportunity to to play. Does that mean that Maurer's ready and Shrout isn't, or does that mean that just Maurer was a little bit ahead of, of Shrout that he could still do a good job if he was in there? If the coaches don't trust JT Shrout, then I think you have to go with Garantano. I don't think like I've heard and seen a lot of fans make the grand declaration vfls have done as well he will never set 
set foot on that field again. Okay, uh, what if you need him to? Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. So it's not like he is not he's done nothing good for for your school and he hasn't won games and he hasn't made throws. He yes, I get the inconsistency and the the regression this year, but you might have to ride with him. So if you're you're mad at him, I say if JT Stroud's not ready, everybody better flush it and move forward. His teammates, the fans, the coaches, you got to flush it. You got to do whatever you can to try to help him through yeah. that to win. So yeah. I would not lock him out if JT Stroud's not ready to go, but the coaches are the ones that know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Vance, on that one. I, you know, just give him a chance. Chance and uh, yeah, I put got a little upset with him, and I don't understand why. But uh, you think, uh, Don Jimmy, you think that uh, I know that uh, I know some people still. Uh, uh, yeah, I heard that some people, my, my that that one caller said that 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 that, that for is if he some fans might brewing maybe, and some of him might not I'm not a fan. Uh, but you know, uh, I think he's he, you think he should have you think he should have a you think first you give him give him a chance a, a, a chance no chance you think Don Jimmy no chance you think. A chance. It'll be hard not to uh, to see that happen. Just for even if you go with JT Shroud, should Brian Maurer not be able to go? And Roger, we appreciate the call. I I just think Jimmy, at some point, he's still going to have to play. I mean, he's still a part of the team. And as I mean, Jeremy Pruitt had the opportunity yesterday to say if there were if anything had changed in terms of what his status was with the team, where he was on the depth chart, anything along those lines. And what he said was, yeah, they talked about it, Vince, afterward, and uh, everything's good. Yeah, and I, I think he was – Jeremy Pruitt was very adamant in showing his support for Jared Garantano. Didn't necessarily take him off the hook right. on that mistake and other mistakes he's made. We all saw what happened. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And But he also said he still believes in him. Now, for some fans, they're probably going to say, well, that's just what he's saying publicly. Um, but I also think that he knows what he has at the quarterback position. He has a starting quarterback that likely won't be healthy. We don't know that for sure. And he may have another quarterback that might not be ready to go. That might be, what What if he's like Nate Peterman at Florida? Fans are going to take that over Garantano? I don't think you will. You can say that now. But when it hits the field, you might have a you might be singing a different song. And let me say one real quick thing on the on the face mask tug. And I don't have a problem with the tug in itself. I I, I know we're the the big thing is oh we're a soft society and it, and all that. Look, I know a lot worse than that happens. And football players know that it's it's a lot of you know aggressive tough coaching. And sometimes there's contact. I, I understand that. The tug itself, I don't have a problem with. The thing, the, the problem is, is that it could, all of this national attention could have been avoided. I, I think that's where you, you draw the line is you, you stay away from that. Because it, by doing it, now the story went from Tennessee playing Alabama really well to now the face mask tug on Jerry Garantano, and now national writers are writing about it. Everybody is seeing video of Garantano uh, having his face mask pulled, and now people are talking about that as opposed to how well Tennessee played. And then I think now you add something else to the to the plate that you have to try to fight in recruiting. 
And well, that's why you don't do it. Right. That's what I'm saying. But that's, you're saying you didn't have a problem with I didn't it. Have but a, you're giving all these reasons why you shouldn't have done it. No, I don't have a problem with the act itself is what I'm saying. I do. I don't think you touch a player. So I got a problem with it, but go ahead. No, I, I guess what I'm saying is in in a bubble, I, I I don't have a problem with that being this, you know, this, uh, you know, just inappropriate thing. It's I think it's like a player, it's like a parent turning their kid to him and say, look at me when I'm talking to you, son. So, and there's much worse that, that happens to that. But what I'm saying is when you're on the, on the sideline and all the cameras are on and you know that everybody sees everything, you don't do it. So that's where it is. The act itself is not a big deal, but actually doing it, that's where the issue is. And that's where I think it could have been and should have been avoided by Pruitt because now he is going to have to deal with that in recruiting, People are going to use that against them, fair or not. So, yes, he has opened himself up to to that criticism and that discussion, and it's actually taken away from people talking about the improvement nationally of his football team. We're going to break. A final segment of this hour of Sports Talk is next. We're what Willis was talking about. 99.1, the sports animal. Come back to say so long for hour number two of Sports Talk. But before we do, Vince Ferrar, what can folks find right now at SportsRadioWNML.com? Well, we're going to try to get up a VFL in the NBA update. NBA season starting tonight. So there's five VFLs in the league. There's been a little bit of movement, and we'll update that. VFLs in the NFL, more predictions and all kinds of fun stuff, and then all our interviews from uh, today with the Tennessee players. It's all there, and there's absolutely no reason why folks shouldn't make it a part of their daily routine. That's right. Tons of content, absolutely daily basis, dozens of posts every single day. And week 10 of high school football is here. You have got CAK at Grace, and it's an early start time. It's 7 o'clock as opposed to 7.30 on AM 990. That's right. Grace trying to get a one seed and uh, two programs that are really good, so it'll be a, be a lot of fun. Very competitive this Friday night. And we will see you next on Tennessee Sports Night Thursday with Heather. That's right. So watch out for Vince Ferrara. That way, it's easier to avoid it. You guys watch out for Vince Ferrara, too. And congratulations for getting me out of here now. Good to talk to you Always appreciate you on Tuesdays, Vince. Thank you so much. That's Vince Ferrara, Vince's views, as well as Vincenzo's views. Look for the podcast as well at iTunes.